So, but the Asian guy is suspicious, so he pulls out an anti-aircraft missile. The Civil War cannon in his oh. hand. Yeah. <laughs> like, he might as well, the guy might as well at the store duck behind the counter and then just, like, hover back up inside a Harrier jet, like, two lives. <laughs> <laughs> and then he slaps the jet away and runs out. It's so yeah, And Gary's absurd. reaction might as well have been to grab the gun and put his finger on the other side like he had a trigger and be like, no, I have you at gunpoint. <laughs> Awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema, because otherwise I'd be coming up with this new intro every week for nothing. I'm your host, No Illusions, and sitting to my immediate left is my good friend, Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Thank you, Noah. Uh, you know who's a great actor? Who is that? <laughs> Mr. T. Hells yeah, bro. <laughs> he is not in this movie. No, he's not. You guys knew where I was going. We, we got him coming, though. We got him coming. Hells yeah. And sitting 81 miles to my right is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick, of course. Eli, how are you this fine evening, sir? Gary <laughs> <laughs> oh I mean, it's God. hard to get excited about Mr. T next week when we still have Gary Busey this week, right? Oh, Jesus. It's so... <laughs> <laughs> wonderful it's so because like we get mediocre actors with failed careers and we're like oh man this guy's crazy look at stephen baldwin and then gary Busey's on here and he's like you motherfuckers have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> takes it to the next level so i guess we've hinted around a bit but tell us heath what will we be breaking down today all right we watched apocalypse three tribulation or just tribulation. It's part three in the very polite Canadian End Times series, <laughs> written by Peter and Paul Lalonde of Ontario. And this one picks up the post-rapture story of Satan trying to take everyone's eternal soul inside a VR simulation so nobody gets too scared, and it's good for safety. Polite, uh, I like to call it, sorry, please uh, let me have your eternal soul, sorry, the movie, sorry. <laughs> And Eli, how bad was this movie? Well, if you love going, oh my god, that's that guy from, oh shit, what it's called, what's it called? Uh, but he's been <laughs> in a million things. But you hate human beings who can run, you will love this movie. <laughs> we are going to be talking a lot about Gary Busey's <laughs> locomotion in this fucking review. And Howie Mandel. Well, that too. Yeah, that too. But mostly Gary. But before we get to that, I want to kind of reprise the thing I did last week. We, we want to place this movie firmly within the trilogy now that we've seen it all. So where would you guys say this one ranks in terms of like overall plot? Oh, best. I mean, nothing much really happens, but it all doesn't happen to Gary Busey. <laughs> that helps. Uh, I'm in agreement. I took it a little more literally. I said almost none in terms of plot, as close as I think we've come to a still image of Gary Busey. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, and this is obviously a big part of this trilogy so far. So where does this one rank in terms of crazy eyebrows? Uh, sorry, I couldn't hear you. Thorold Stone was moving his eyebrows last week. What, what was the question again? <laughs> about crazy eyebrows? See, I'm going to go a little rogue here and say craziest eyebrows because even though the eyebrows themselves weren't crazy, they were attached to Gary Busey. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
All right. Okay. So, and, and this is a huge theme in this film. Where would you say it ranks for you in, uh, dangerous messages about mental illness? Uh, yeah. Uh, best or, or worst or whichever means morally reprehensible. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. W- word of warning. I am going to make fun of this cast of asylum alumni and I'm not going to feel bad <laughs> yeah. because the message is horrible and they should all be protesting this movie way more than whatever they have. Or, yeah. Right. Yeah. No shit. Right. And I mean, another angle to this is like top five for sure because of the poisonous message of the movie. But I also assume they let Gary Busey roam free on set. That's a whole <laughs> other different dangerous message about mental illness. It's a meta. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely top five in the trilogy. Services, huh, brother? <laughs> I see you chew with your teeth. <laughs> Me too. All your fingers still there, huh? <laughs> Do something about that. Okay, so is, is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Uh, yes. Um, best, worst, use of bad guys with telekinetic powers. It's <laughs> so, we'll get there. Like, just imagine if, like, Uri Geller was the Antichrist and all he could do is bend spoons to scare you. It's that <laughs> level of stupid. Oh, you will defy me? No, I need to touch it. You'll Come never on, get that it. soup to your mouth. <laughs> You're ruining the magic trick. <laughs> uh, also, uh, gotta say it. Best worst running. Jesus. Oh, yes. Fucking crap. I, look, I am so sad I don't have video editing skills because if I could, I would replace this episode with a supercut of Gary Busey jog swooping from place to place throughout this film. I could watch it forever. I could watch it for my whole life. And no one in the movie ever goes like, what's wrong with him? Or like, uh, that's, that guy's heavy. Everyone's just like, man, he's getting away from us. And not to mention, we'll talk about it a million times throughout the movie, but there are well fit actors who have to chase Gary Busey yes. in slow motion. You ever chase a toddler and you're like, oh no, I'm going to get you. And, and they can barely walk. So they're like, and they're getting down a hallway. So you got to be like, oh, oh, that's all the chase scenes of these normal, able humans and Gary Busey. And it's not like they go to the well once or twice here like he runs pretty much through this whole movie yes like he thinks he's tom fucking cruise all of a sudden all right and mine is pretty lame compared to the running which is so fucking amazing <laughs> but i'm gonna go with best worst fake newspapers I mean, they so were not trying. Like, every time, there's like two or three times where we see the fake headline or whatever, and every time it's like one headline followed by Lorem Ipsum, the name of the paper is like the newspaper, or the picture still has an eye stock watermark on it. <laughs> Cheapest <laughs> fake papers I've ever seen in any fucking film. I thought that was important. All right, well, clearly we're dying to get this one going, but before we jump to break, I want to remind you that it isn't too late to get your tickets to our live show in Chicago, January 13th. That's on a Friday. That's Friday the 13th, the best time to see us at the Victory Garden Biograph Theater, live on stage with two of our all-time favorite guests, Tom and Cecil from the Cognitive Dissonance Podcast. Follow the link on the show notes for tickets. And do it quick, because we'll probably sell out. And with that plug out of the way, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll leap into the visual pile of glass that is Apocalypse 3 Tribulation. Hey, fellas! Hey, Gary, buddy, what's up? So I was thinking... Wait, I'm, I'm sorry, were you just eating a donut? Nope, blood... Oh, right. Anyways, I was thinking what this movie needs uh, is some chase scenes. Um, uh, you know what, Gary? I, I love the enthusiasm, but uh, I, I don't really feel like we have the budget for car chases no. in, in this 
flip? No, 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 no. Not car chase. A foot chase. Bad guys chase me and I'll run away. Uh, you, you want to fill this movie with shots of you running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me show you. I'll, let me show you what I had in mind. Holy shit, man. Are are you okay? Yeah, that's just my running noises. And you want to do that uh, on camera? I sure do. Hey, why the fuck not? Right? Uh, yeah, can we get a towel for Gary? He did a little jog thing just now, and he sweat through his entire costume. Through it. Sorry about that. Yeah, like, what? Do, they have, do we have one of those tarps that they use for oil spills? I'll run and get it. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back for the breakdown, and before this movie even allows you to revel in the washed-up cadre of has-beens the credits are about to reveal, it has to make you physically ill with this five-minute rotating tree shot. Was I the only one getting dizzy during this <laughs> shot? Stop. Oh. Seriously, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> Seriously, Kyle. Off. <laughs> but you gotta love a movie. It starts out with bird feeders on a tree spinning five minute shot. You got oboe music. And then you got Gary Busey, Margot Kidder, and Howie Mandel. Oh. That is how you tease a movie. I was fully erect already. <laughs> yes, indeed. I wrote up, I wrote in my notes at this point, gonna throw out there, very little has happened in these last few movies, but they have just gotten better and better. Yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> better cast could you possibly have for a movie that will spend its entirety trying to talk you out of taking psychiatric medicine? Anyway, now we cut from this, we, we, we watch this tree for like five minutes until your neck starts hurting from craning to look up at it. And then we cut to, other trees, right? Like the movie starts with a tree, but not that particular tree. That's how bad their fucking DP was. Couldn't do this in a single shot. Um, but anyway, so we start off with a tree back in the days of sepia. Yeah, right. And we got Scout Finch checking the knot hole for Boo Radley stuff. Right. Pretty exactly. excited. Big Sister is carving a swastika into a tree. <laughs> it would have been such a better movie. <laughs> She takes. She just backs up and she's like, "See, take that, Jews. All right, let's go get some dinner." <laughs> I would have been so much more into the act, first act of this movie if that's where they started. But no, she's carving her name and her brother's names onto the tree so that they'll know which tree to meet at in case they ever get lost in the woods. Yep. <laughs> yeah. They, they say this is the tallest tree in the woods, mm -hmm. and that's how they're going to find the way. That yeah, doesn't but help unless you're like. Flying right. You're lost in a helicopter. We'll meet here. So you ever get lost? Climb to the mind. very tippy top of a tree and look around. Well, yeah, he, right. I've seen people interact with you. Not to be argumentative, but don't you just walk up to every tree you see and go, "Uh, uh how tall are you?" Because that's what people do to you. So I just figure Gary planned on doing that to every tree in the forest until the one said the biggest number. Now, of course, there is a problem with their plan to meet at this tree at the beginning of Act 3, and that is that, of course, unless they cast a magical god spell over it, the tree may not be standing, so they have to do that first. Mm -hmm. And and she does this, by the way, in spite of her little brother who's like, hey, uh, I'm a little kid, I'm going to pee my pants, and she's like, I, I am casting a spell. <laughs> Give me a minute. 
Yeah, it's it's a shame they couldn't find anywhere that a young boy could piss in the woods. <laughs> anyway, but but they have to. I guess they they have to build this into this Calvin pissing his pants scene because that's so funny when people urinate on themselves as as children. Right, and get embarrassed. Yeah, trying and, to uh, create a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of they are. Yeah. Um. So then we cut to the modern day where apparently sis and brother are still giving Calvin shit about wedding himself back in 1973. And grown-up Calvin is the dad from Home Alone, right? I'm not making that up. Oh, is that who that is? I'm, I I am 2% sure that is the dad Mr. McAllister? from Home Alone. Yeah. I huh. saw that movie once when it came out, and I've avoided it since. He, owned, I, I, he didn't, like, ring a bell for me. He owned a deli near my college town for a while, actually. Mr. McAllister or this the, act, the actor who played Mr. McAllister, yeah. Oh, right on. Well, I, I think we can all agree that this movie is a step down from owning a deli near your college town. Yeah, and what a bunch of thought-out fucking actors we've got. Okay, so this scene contains Margot Kidder, Gary Busey, and eventually Howie Mandel. And I want to say, in Margot Kidder's defense, she has come out and publicly said, like, look... I had no fucking idea what I was getting into. I in no way endorsed this movie or the message of this movie or whatever. I'm Margot fucking Kidder. When I get a job, I kind of have to take it, but I hate this fucking movie. <laughs> but yeah. still, yeah, Howie Mandel is the crazy brother of Margot Kidder, who's the crazy sister of Gary Busey. So not a great time for the movie going forward. And he looks like a gay guy doing drag as Mark Marin. It's nuts in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, so we we first hear them all arguing downstairs, and then we cut upstairs, and that's where Howie is, playing with a Ouija board. Except not, because that's actually a copyrighted thing, so he's got like a Ouija board or something like, you know. Just he's got a circle idea. with letters around it, and if you think yeah. about it, that would be fucking impossible to use. <laughs> yeah, right, to it wouldn't. Like, climb up onto the tape. <laughs> fucking jeez. Who's your name? Fucking Gregory? God damn it. I don't have time for this shit. Your hands would be all turned around on the planchette. Like. <laughs> but at any rate, so he is the crazy brother. And, and, and as they're discussing whether or not Calvin wet himself when he was a child, how he runs down for one of the most bizarre scenes that you will ever see in your goddamn life. Oh, it's where so he starts, good. Yeah, he's like quizzing him about the Tower of Babel. Well, he comes down because what uh, what Macaluso has sent him on the Ouija board is Genesis eleven six. Oh, so he comes okay, down right. and he's like, "What's Genesis eleven six say?" And they're like, oh, "Let's definitely like humor him on this. This will not lead to bad situations." So they're like, "Oh, you know, God was like, oh, because uh, you know the bad people in the Bible, they all say if we work together, we're capable of great things, and we all know how that worked out for them. <laughs> Teamwork." Jesus, make America great again. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's the thing about Genesis 11.6. It, it's talking about the Tower of Babel, and it's talking about how if we all learn the same language, then there's world peace, right? Right. Map the story there. I just wanted the rest of the movie to be about, like, studying Esperanto at ESL centers <laughs> and making it work. No. Just desperately trying to convince some girl at a cafe. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why would, how would we? And we won't. It's going <laughs> to... Go badly. <laughs> and what he's telling them is uh, he's telling them about what's called the hundredth monkey effect, except I don't think they know that there was a name for that thing when they wrote this. Yeah. 
And this is just absolutely insane bullshit. It's pseudo It's not even a pseudoscience. It's like a pseudo interpretation of pseudoscience. Right. But what's fun is both Noah and myself at one point really, really thought this shit was real. So it was like it was like running into a high school girlfriend to hear this because I had forgot I haven't thought these thoughts and had these words run through my brain for years. And hearing another person say them who is a crazy character as an adult and remembering like me telling people this was really it was kind of nostalgic. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't know why you felt the need to throw me under the bus on that along with yourself. I don't think that i ever but anyway i've heard a lot of hippies making this argument in my day but it, it, it's this insane it's this stupid nonsense about like if enough percentage of all the monkeys learn to do something the other ones will automatically know it it's this way that like hippies try to bolster the idea of like akasha or like a, a universal consciousness or whatever it is absolutely not true i'm sorry so. i'm just you're, you're underselling this here so if i may if I, oh I, yeah I don't no, do, please i don't want to be that guy but i'm just saying okay. <laughs> i left out banana dipping didn't i i'm <laughs> you, sorry go you, right you ahead about the banana dipping and i feel like people haven't seen the movie they're really busy <laughs> so there's an island Right, and there's a <laughs> volcano right in the middle of the island. There's scientists on the east side, and there's scientists on the west side. And scientists on the east side, they start leaving out bananas for the monkeys on the beach. And the monkeys go over and they grab the bananas, and they're like, "Oh, these bananas are all covered in sand." So they start dipping them in the ocean, right? Start dipping them in the ocean, and a couple of monkeys see the first monkey doing, and go, oh, "That's a good idea." Then the hundredth monkey dunks the banana. Their unity of thought creates a psychic unity which convinces all the monkeys on the island and spontaneously the monkeys on the opposite side of the island they all start dunking their bananas in the water and this proof and this is science this happened don't google it cuz this is this is an example we gave before you could google these kind of things but that clearly cuz actually the thing that they're talking about was done with sweet potatoes not bananas so clearly they had no google ability here Right. And that is proof that when a bunch of people think a thing, a bunch of other people who have never heard it will also think that thing. <laughs> yeah. Cut to Ray Comfort dipping a banana in the ocean trying to explain <laughs> intelligent design. <laughs> Just gets blasted by a wave. <laughs> be fun. And, you know, at first when he starts going off on this thing, I'm actually pretty impressed because I'm thinking to myself, hey, you know, this movie is acknowledging that this is the kind of shit a crazy person would say right before he wrapped tinfoil around his head. <laughs> or so I thought. Well, I'm pretty sure this is just, and I think this is how they did a lot of the scenes in this movie. I'm pretty sure this is just Howie Mandel talking in real life. <laughs> because, like, I mean, they had Mandel and Busey and Margot Kidder in a room. I'm sure, like, you know, between takes, they're just, like, wearing helmets and VR goggles and, like, <laughs> They're filming them, and Mandela's just talking in real life and sweeping off tables and talking about monkeys, and <laughs> two minutes later, he explained how the Fed is a Ponzi scheme, but they cut it, guaranteed. You know, that actually would explain a ton about this fucking movie, though, if you think about it. Like, they just had these three people walking around being crazy, and then after that, they got all the other actors together and say, okay, we need to weave this all together, guys. <laughs> exactly. Right. And what's amazing is Gary Busey is the one who's like, hey, man, you need some professional help. And <laughs> right? watching a film about <laughs> Gary Busey talking about other people being crazy is like that episode of The Cosby Show where Dr. Huxtable tells his daughter that her boyfriend is too pushy. 
It's yeah. got a weird, <laughs> when you know, it's got a weird connotation. I just kept writing in my notes, how a Mandel is going to storm into a pizza parlor any minute now. <laughs> it's like Fox reporting on Breitbart. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, see, I had this theory at this point because because Gary Busey is saying all these lines like, no, psychiatric help would very much, you know, would be it, 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 to his benefit quite a bit. And I thought, oh, my God, this whole script started as like an intervention for these three actors. They're like, if we make them say the lines <laughs> and, it just, it, and it just went horribly <laughs> off the rails, you know, just three writers sitting around. Wow, Gary. So what do you think about that character, Jason? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Glad he turns out to be right. I'd hate to have to chew my way through your legs. Oh, yeah. No, he'll turn out to be right. Don't worry. Uh, this backfired. And yet the whole time they're clearly just waiting for Busey to do this. Like at one point, actually, in the scene, the camera looks over at Busey as if to ask, like, OK, you gonna Busey it up yet? You gonna do it? <laughs> and you can see he visibly, Busey looks at the camera and he like pump fakes for a second, like he's gonna use it, but then he holds it together. He's just like playing it slow. So like, so, we'll no, get there. He gets no, there, but you gotta wait not for here. It. The camera's like, ah, oh, alright, alright, you're, you're gonna do it later. Also, there's this incredible moment, right? So the sister's explaining it's the book of revelations and he needs the Bible, not his particular brand of crazy. And, and she turns to Gary and she goes, that's what Jason needs. And you get to watch the moment that Gary Busey remembers who was named Jason in this movie. <laughs> if you watch it, this entire film is worth it for him to be like, yeah, Jason, uh, the brother, uh, yeah, him. He's crazy. That's, that's that colored fella, right? That's the colored fella. You want to um, watch me light my hand on fire? <laughs> that was my idea. <laughs> they just caught me doing it and used it in Lethal Weapon. So, yeah, so then, you know, Howie wanders off. A phone rings from the 1700s, so the sister has to wander off. And it's just uh, Gary Busey and the other brother, Calvin. And I, I just I, I have to point this out because, like, Calvin has, like, nine lines here, which are all some derivative of, I think religion is silly. I will not be raptured. <laughs> it really does. But he does make some super solid points because the sister's like, oh, my gosh, aliens are silly. But this book where everyone vanishes is real. And Calvin's like, do neither of you see how both of you are silly to a person who looks reasonably at both of your mythologies? And they're like, this is why you're not going to disappear. OK, <laughs> this is why you're not going to magic disappear. Bitch. Somebody just pegs him in the eye with keys and changes the subject. Yeah. Just stab him in the jaw. Now every time you ask a question, the keys will just jingle on their own, motherfucker. And uh, by the way, just a small thing. Um, Busey's wife is pretty hot here. Um, also, uh, Margot Kidder, in my opinion. So Jamie, boobs request, both of them. Margot Kidder and Sherry Miller. This is a tough one for you. <laughs> Ooh, you don't have to tag me in that one, See how good you really Jamie. are. You don't have to tag yeah. me in that one. <laughs> And this is where I started to really have this question. And this question sort of lingered for the rest of the fucking movie. Like, what is the the living situation here? Is, do, do all three of these adult siblings, adult childless siblings, two of whom are married, live in the same house <laughs> yeah. where they grew up? Joey Gladstone walks upstairs. Cut it out. Yeah, this is the we also get a great scene here where Gary goes over to like a cabinet and like, he just hobbles over and opens up a box and he has like a ring in there and he explains to Calvin that like he couldn't afford a nice ring for his wife but at their anniversary celebration tomorrow he's going to give her the ring she deserves. 
Yeah, then this is like so that she can come up and say, "Hey, honey, try especially hard not to get killed tonight because tomorrow <laughs> we're gonna have sex or something." Oh, and she kisses honestly. Oh God! Wa- watching this Ugh. woman kiss Gary Busey's Ugh. dead mouth was literally revolting. Like the definition of that. I wrote my my notes are all: if you stop kissing Gary Busey, I will give you a thousand dollars. Thank God she stopped kissing Gary because he's just like mouth wet. Mouth wet. Uh oh, I'm swimming again. Hey, swim, swim, swim. Fish, fish, fish. It's it was like, quite no, disturbing. I, I, yeah. I'm hoping she got some kind of hazard pay. I was literally swallowing back vomit oh, through that scene. You know, he got tasered like Goat Boy several times. To get this He's so weird. For most takes, I think, yeah. So, and now, of course, we have to go meet the Antichrist again. And despite my and everyone else, apparently, from the notes uh, intuition, this is the same guy. This is the same actor from the last one. Is it? Yeah, but he shaved his beard in between movies and slicked his hair back. Mm -hmm. So now he looks like Planet of the Rapes. (laughs) He looks like Voldemort decided to sell waterbeds instead of being an evil wizard. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like Bill Paxton got sautéed in olive oil. Too <laughs> I, I thought he was a new one. I thought he was a new one for sure. I did too. I was. It wasn't until I was doing post watch research that I realized it was the same guy. And of course, we're going to meet him as how he's like watching him on TV. And I just want to point out this fun little detail. Um, in this movie, he's now the president of the European Unity Project because. Apparently that now they have enough money for lawyers to tell them they should probably not accuse the president of the European Council of being the goddamn Antichrist. Sure. <laughs> what if one sure. of your viewers did murder him, though? What did, have you thought about that? <sighs> that would be Facebook's fault, right? <laughs> in, that, in that case. And then we cut to Satan, or not Satan, like Satan's second in command, I guess, meeting with his minions in this very like pentagrammy satan room yes and they they have a scale model of the tower of babel (laughs) which demon had to put that together right cardboard thing you get at like the arc park gift shop and it's like the, the magical item for this entire movie his just, demon assistant is uh, Spanish Mr. Clean, by the way, or Mr. Limpiar, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's too clean, but yeah. He looks like an evil juggler. Like <laughs> like Zod is one of the flying Karamazov brothers. That's crazy looking. So they're all talking about the plan, the plot that's upcoming as they stand around their little Tower of <laughs> Babel model. And and the like they have a pentagram skylight. Yeah, it's uh-huh. so over the top. I feel like that's gonna lower the property value when you try to sell it. <laughs> It's like, oh, I see you have a pentagram. See, I would pay more for that, but yeah, I'm probably in the minority there. (laughs) Did you murder anyone here? (laughs) Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember Helen Hannah? Um, Spoiler. And and they, and they they say like oh we'll possess Tim Tucker he's rife with Satan-y shit he teaches about the occult and plays with a Ouija board so yes the the subtle message of this movie is the demons are able to control this professor because he has played with a Parker Brothers toy and yes. read books <laughs> yes that's it. Yeah, you're supposed to know that, and they're warning us about the importance of not playing Monopoly while reading a fucking book uh, with this scene. So we get Tim Tucker and his wife sitting in bed, and of course, he's reading Macaluso's book, she's reading the Holy Bible, Mm -hmm. and then he completely goes off, Satan grabs her Bible and throws it. 
Right. And you know how often Satanists and occultists like go crazy and, and, and kill their families because of what they read in their book as opposed to Christians who go crazy because of what they read in their book and kill their families? Like the story in the Bible where a guy goes crazy and is going to kill his kid and how many people let's let's go with the one where the guy actually did kill his daughter let's go with that one instead (laughs) carly fiorina let's not get political on this show (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so the 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 husband goes crazy and starts screaming about the how the time has come to free the world of the haters and he's gonna have to kill his wife and of course we cut straight there uh, from there to gary Busey out on patrol getting the call about the domestic situation he's eight inches away from (laughs) right who does not ride in a cop car or have a partner i assume because the last one got him nine months pregnant and stole his cop car And it's like, attention all units. There's a, he's like, I'm already inside. I was going to call it in. I called in. I'm ready. Don't worry. I was already breaking into the house for different reasons. I was going to put back this tire I have wrapped underneath this sleek jacket I'm wearing. And this is the first time Gary Busey runs in this movie. And I could oh watch Gary Busey schlumpf over. God, it is like turning a pan of molasses upside down towards that door. There was a day of shooting where everyone saw Gary Busey run for the first time. Like, I know these people are Christians. I know they are. And they were like, mm, message of Christ and our Lord and Savior. But there must have been a moment where just as humans, they saw Gary run for the first time. And they were like, well... Who wants to tell him? <laughs> All right, I guess we just keep going. This is and just- by the way, this run that we're talking about is from the car to the front door. Like, he runs like eight yards. He's clearly slowing di- down by the seventh. He's clearly <laughs> out of breath. Yeah. So he he finally bursts in the door, and he, like, the professor's chasing his wife around because he's gonna he's like i will beat god and gary Busey pulls out a gun and points it at the guy and there's this crazy moment where the guy has <laughs> looks at the knife on the counter and then looks back at gary Busey, and then gary Busey looks where the knife was and it's gone because he's magically telekinetically zooped a knife over to himself yeah into his mouth, if I saw it correctly. <laughs> he catches it in his mouth like a magician. Like, I really wish he cut himself a little bit and had to stop for a second. Oh. Like, would you get oh. this peroxide in the cupboard? <laughs> Just give me a second. Oh, I'm not going to be able to eat for a week. I'm not going to be able to eat for a week. I was going to have tomato sauce tonight. That's going to be a fucking nightmare. <laughs> so, oh. and just so that they, like, because this movie doesn't have the balls to go ahead and kill off the wife... Um, he starts the 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 demon possessed guy starts talking about how Macaluso will, you know, fix the world and kill all the Christians and the uh, and the demons who are possessing him are like, oh fuck, early, early. Let's make him uh, <laughs> jump out a window here. Also, so incredible he, moment that I guarantee was improvised. He starts to throw himself out the window, and Gary Busey goes, "Where are you going?" <laughs> <laughs> um, out the window, Gary. And then, of course, then we cut back over. Like, so he jumps out the window and the wife screams. And then we cut over to Howie, who has also jumped out of a window. We haven't seen this. We just see him also laying in the ground. 
And we're sp- and, and go ahead and puzzle it out yourself. God damn it! Try to keep up. Again, they just watched these actors until they had an idea for the plot. How yeah, you know right. in real they're life like, did this. "Fuck! How we actually threw himself through a window? We're gonna have to work that <laughs> into the plot." You know what? That's perfect. Now. We'll have both of them do it. <laughs> Great. Let's get a stunt man, and we'll just yeah. This is all. This is all gonna work, guys. This is all gonna work. <laughs> and then Busey was like, "I want to come. Where are you going? Okay, yeah, don't let him do <laughs> no, it. hold on." <laughs> And there is this incredible moment where Gary Busey like runs to the window, sees the guy has fallen on a car below, and just goes like, "Yeah, he's probably fine." <laughs> Walks away. <laughs> so now all the cops have shown up for the post crime crime scene scene that we always get, and we get uh, Gary Busey talking to his partner. And I love because they've set up so much bizarre shit that now he has to explain it to the partner, but he has he's Gary Busey, so he can't act. So he's just going like, you know, as though he was saying like, you know, it didn't make sense for him to be wearing a football jersey in this kind of weather. He goes, he goes like, it was really weird the way he used the force to get that knife. And <laughs> what? And, and his partner's like, yeah, Gary, uh, what do you think happened? Do you think you missed saw it? And he's like, no, I think it was probably the devil. Uh, but, you know, I don't. <laughs> I don't take well, into much that, so wish it was you here, because you could anti-devil. Well, right, the partner actually says that. He's like, well, you know, that guy was into some occult shit, so maybe it was demons that possessed him. So, yeah, maybe it was. And then also, we I, I love this moment so much, because they, 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 they call him like, Officer Busey, we have another call. This time it's at your address. And I wanted so bad for him to pull up, and like, Mel Gibson's there with his daughter yelling, Payback's a bitch, Mr. Joshua! But <laughs> that was not what we got. We got Busey running again, though. No, we did oh, get Busey. <laughs> fantastic. I could just see, like, me walking alongside him going, So, you're, you're jogging, are you? <laughs> anyway. He runs like a diabetic cat. <laughs> uh, yes, he honestly, crazy billionaire remake of this. I just insert Noah's cat alongside him, like just to make it a buddy cop movie where the cat's <laughs> always in every shot. Mm, they should look at our buttholes, Gary. They should look at our buttholes. You get it. God, this is the first guy on this set who makes sense. Finally. Diabetes. <laughs> So he shows back up at his house just as they're like loading Howie into an ambulance. So he has to take his wife to go see him at the hospital or whatever, uh, where she has to like explain to him what just happened and apparently us. And here's the crazy thing. And this is where this movie starts to get poisonous. Gary is like, oh, I mean, your brother's obviously very ill. We have seen this behavior from him. We need to get him help. And she's like, no, he's not mentally ill. Maybe he was before, but this time it was the devil. Right. And also, by the way, over and over again in this fucking movie, she alludes to the fact that he was just fine, and then they put him on psychiatric medication, and he got worse. They say that over and over again. Like, first of all, if he was just fine, why the fuck did they put him on psychiatric medication? But secondly, fuck you, you demonic sons of bitches. Mentally ill people do not need more of this bullshit stigma. No, they need their medications is what they need. They need every movie to be like, and then he took his medication and he was fucking fine. That's what they fucking need. (laughs) Right. right. And also, weird tonal moment here. Gary Busey keeps cracking jokes, but it's like super not funny. His brother-in-law is being loaded into an ambulance after what he assumes is a suicide attempt. And he's like, oh, I guess he had far to fall after all. And she's like, dude, what are you fucking doing? And he's like, rah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-bah-b
This is another Gary Busey lecture about mental illness we get here. It's like an <laughs> AA meeting with like this <laughs> lecture. Yeah, but at a bar while we're drunk. Yeah. And again, this movie wants you to take away from this scene that Gary Busey is being foolishly close-minded to the idea that someone's brain can be taken over by a Ouija board. Right. Well, she even pulls up uh, the generic Ouija board or whatever, and she says, look, he's playing with this. I know about these boards. They have demons in them. Well, was he moving it? No, he wasn't moving it. A demon inside of him was moving <laughs> it. <laughs> had his fingers on the planchette. Also, at the end of this scene here, there's this fantastic moment. She says, like, oh, you know, it was that Ouija board, and what was in the script was Gary Busey's character is supposed to become suspicious. But because Gary Busey is insane and doesn't know what suspicious acting looks like, his entire face goes dead. And so I thought, oh, Gary Busey is evil and he's going to kill his wife. But no, that's just Gary Busey's performance of realizing the connection between the two situations. Right, right. If you're watching the movie, it looks exactly like every other movie where a guy goes... She knows too much. Come here, Helen. Yeah. <laughs> That's just Gary's thinking face. face <laughs> Look like you're thinking, Gary. Like I'm what? Like I'm what? So you mean let go of all the muscles in my face all at once like this? <laughs> wow, that's how you think. Uh-huh, I do it once a year for Christmas. <laughs> So now just so we can spend a little more time living in this demonic bullshit about how mentally ill people should go see priests instead of doctors, they get to the hospital so they can visit Howie and Howie doesn't want to stay at the hospital, y'all. Right. And and the sister's like and he's like in the other room screaming and struggling against the bonds that are holding him to a hospital bed. And she's like, can I bring him home with me? He seems upset by it here. And the doctor's like, there's a joke, right? You see (laughs) him. We had to tie him down. He can't even be not tied down. (laughs) Didn't he just try to murder your sister and then dive out a glass window like moments ago? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, but we took his Ouija board. (laughs) And now we get the part where Margot Kidder shows up in the waiting room. Oh, my God. And let's talk about this tiny moment that happens before they even say anything. Oh, yeah. Gary Busey has poured himself a cup of water. He brings that cup of water to his lips and like (laughs) gags on it and spits it out. There is no motivation for this. It never comes back. I guarantee you Gary Busey is unable to drink liquid and they were like, fuck it. This is take 47. I'm not doing it. I would pay anything for the... Look, I know there are people here who have access to people from Cloud 10. Get me the footage. You got Noah the thing last week that was the script from the book, so he actually got to find out what not since the Holy Roman Empire was. I just want the previous 46 takes where Gary was like, I got it. It's fine. Oh, God. Does it go in my nose? Get him another shirt. He's bad at drinking, yes. And again, like you said, there's not a reason for this. No. None. Not at all. Not at all. But uh so Margot Kidder shows up. She's the Christian sister, and she's like, I'm going to explain to the mentally ill person that the literal prince of darkness is trying to murder him. We can't all live in your fantasy world, Tom. Move. And like, <laughs> he's like, all right. No, that's not happening. Absolutely not. So they get into an argument. Yeah, yeah. And again, Margot Kidder is an atheist and has condemned this fucking movie. And also, it's probably worth pointing out, credit psychiatric medicine with saving her fucking life. 
Yeah. So, you know, there's also that. I, I, I want to give her at least, at least a little bit of credit for coming out and saying, God damn, this fucking shit. Um, but, uh, yeah. We'll always forgive you if you're sorry. <laughs> you hear that, Ray? It's not too late. I know you're listening, <laughs> Come on, you can do a convention tour. <laughs> you can lick me, make it your profile picture. <laughs> Anything could happen, Ray. If we all work together. <gasps> yeah, now I have a whole fucking YouTube video about how I'm the Antichrist yeah, you're from Ray Comfort. That would be pretty video, awesome. Yeah. That, yeah, I'm about due for one. Anyway, so and, and there's also there's this weird detail of this argument that they have because they start arguing about God in the middle of the fucking hospital here. Um, and, and this is where Busey says, well, I do believe in God. I just don't do it correctly. Right. Yeah, exactly. And th- th- he's he's just basically explaining that he's not a biblical literist. And she's like, oh, OK, idiot. And he's like, OK, but what about like Noah and the ark and Jonah and the whale? And I was like, OK, I'm ready for this answer. And her answer is, <laughs> how would you know? Yeah, you're you're a dick. Well, and, and yeah, right. Like, well, she's and she's just like, well, you haven't even read the book. How would you know? And I'm like, I've read the book. I want to. I want to back him up. It is a storybook full of ridiculous, crazy shit. And like for a storybook, it's super fucked up. But instead, what he does is, and, and I love this this strategy. I might employ it myself. He promises to go to church with her next Sunday if she'll shut the fuck up. And if he doesn't become convinced by church next Sunday, she'll shut the fuck up forever. There is no Christian in my life that I would not offer this deal to. Oh. I love how these two actors are both super pissed about having to switch roles from real life for this <laughs> acting argument. They probably had the exact opposite fight just off camera like five minutes yeah, ago. Right. And now they're like, God damn it. And he's like, all right, what if I agree to go to church with you? Unlike you would in real life five minutes ago, Margot Kidder. <laughs> also, Fantastic. it's just a tiny moment, but this the brilliance, the great comedy of this movie is in its tiny moments that when he promises to go to church with her he puts his arms on the shoulders in what is supposed to be like an act of love but gary Busey very clearly puts his entire body weight onto yes! margot kidder and she's so you can tell her awkward. like look at the camera and be like ah ah he's doing it he's doing it and all of him all of him. he's like resty sleepy time time sleepy sleepy rest <laughs> I'm Alec Baldwin. No, you're Alec Baldwin. <laughs> so then we head back to, uh, to Howie's hospital bed where Susie, now Susie is uh, Gary Busey's wife and Howie's sister. That's that character. And she's trying to talk him down. And he's like, will you just listen to me for a second like a fucking reasonable person? Demons are in control of my brain. What is so hard to understand about this? Right. And this is that this was actually really like I was having so much fun with fucking Gary Busey. I really was. And this was the part where like this movie very clearly was like, look, if someone earnestly tells you that their brain is being controlled by demons and they need to get out of a hospital, you need to break them out of that hospital so that they can run free. That's a magically dangerous statement. We've had some like, "Uh uh-oh, those (sighs) pills aren't much good for you. And they piss me off when they're just like, oh, don't take your medication, just pray on it. But like, break you out of an asylum is a whole new level of poisonous and dangerous. Well, I mean, there's even, because Gary Busey comes and gets her or whatever, and they're standing out in the hall talking about shit, and the nurse shows up to give him medicine. The sister literally stands between her mentally ill brother and the medicine he needs. Yeah, right. 
this movie is criminally anti-medicine. Like, Nurse Ratchet walks up to give, like, this huge silver tray of, like, 50 cartoon-sized injections and cut his brain out with a spoon. And they stop. <laughs> Fuck you. Well, and so she runs the nurse off, so then the doctor has to show up um, to convince him that, that he needs the medicine, but first he has to give us the 10% brain myth. Yeah! Oh, my oh I was so happy, because again, I, that was really, like, unhappy. I was really not enjoying that. But then, <laughs> the, but then the actor holds up a colored-in thing of the brain and a not-colored-in thing of the brain. He's like, you see, this is a normal brain, only using 10 to 12%, which is why he can't breathe or eat <laughs> or speak. Uh, but this over here is the concept for the movie Lucy. We start with Johansson, where you can see her boob at one hour and three minutes and 42 seconds in. Uh, that's, that's this right over here. And we put all sorts of color on there, which is how you know he has magic powers. <laughs> this is all wrong, right? Like, I, I, I don't, yes, it's okay. a- absolutely. None of that's true. All right. No, no. Pre- I mean, the doctor might as well be talking about, like, removing Jason's Brain freeze for $600 with tweezers. Touch <laughs> the side. I can never get the broken heart, but the brain freeze is easy. <laughs> also, question, and I look, maybe I just don't understand this logical leap, and it's a movie thing, it's not a Christian movie thing, but why does the person is now using more of their brain always mean they can move shit with it? Like, stronger guys don't get the ability to, like, make their muscles travel through time. So why why would more brains always equal moving shit without touching it? Why isn't it just, like, speaking faster? Or, you know, official lawyer for Puzzle and a Thunderstorm. If if Andrew used more of his brain than me, if we did a thing and we were like, ah, yep, no, it turns out he's got 3% more brain, I'd be like, sure, that makes sense, I get it. But I, if it, it was like, oh no, Andrew can lift a car. With <laughs> his brain. Well, I guess that's the whole point, right? Because obviously people who are into the 10% brain myth aren't interested in getting smarter. They want to move shit with their minds. So I guess it would kind of fade away if it wasn't for that. Oh, we need to make that into a poster and sell it. People who are interested in the 10% brain myth are not interested in getting smarter. (laughs) So, yeah, so after the doctor explains that even the inactive parts of his brain are working – um, that's an actual line, by the way. We cut back inside where now, I guess, Gypsy David Smalley has appeared in the room in such a way that only Howie can see him and mm-hmm. starts choking him to death. Right, but Christian sister uh, Margaret Kidder can sense the demon devil, and he can't yeah. kill her while she, or can't kill him while she's in the room because she's so Christian. Right, she's jamming the signal, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. That's why I tape a Christian baby to me at all times. Okay. Right, right. No, that makes Demon sense. goes after me. That makes sense. Um, that's not why you do it, but uh, <laughs> it, that, that would make sense if that was the reason. Well, the way I was holding him on at first was apparently molesting the... <laughs> I don't want to get into it. We're not having this fight on air. <laughs> no, we're not. I'm just saying I had a tape and glue-free way of keeping that baby attached to my body, and Noah and Andrew shot it down. <laughs> I have a point and click way of getting this out of the finished episode, luckily, so. You just cut it, it's already out. <laughs> I pre-cut this before you even sent it to the audio. <laughs> so, uh, and then of course Margot Kidder has to give Howie a protective quartz crystal because there's some amount of stupidity we haven't used yet in this movie. I swear I was expecting him to go, do you have a homeopathic crystal or something? Cause, <laughs> 
There's okay. still more bullshit that could be in this film. I guarantee you that's Howie Mandel's real life, like, Purell talisman. <laughs> <laughs> Crystallized Purell. <laughs> Germophobia is not funny, but he's an asshole for doing this movie. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, he's asshole for a lot of reasons, I guess. Um, so yeah, so Gary's starting to get suspicious because the crazy guy he talked to was talking about Macaluso and, and, and how he was talking about Macaluso. So he goes, Hey, you know what? I'm going to go check out the autopsy of that guy who jumped out of the window. Now, first of all, why the fuck would they be doing an autopsy <laughs> right. on a guy who, are they trying to determine the cause of death? Are they? What's he expecting? Like, uh, Looks like he jumped out a 14th floor window. <laughs> right. Also, maybe a demon or something. <laughs> Just as done. I thought, poison. <laughs> and Dr. Right. House comes out of the room. It's never lupus. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately for the bad guys, when he does get to the coroner's office, it turns out that the evil demons have chosen that particular room <laughs> To stand around and, plotting. And talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and specifically saying, it's a shame Howie Mandel wasn't also properly killed, but luckily we've sent someone to take care of that. Oh my God. It's incredible. And then he runs away. No, no, he doesn't. But yes, he locomotes uh, away. He waddles as fast he as a volleyball as with legs can. can. <laughs> Yes, I had quote unquote <laughs> hustles in my in my notes. But yeah, so he runs up gun in hand, uh, but the room is empty because apparently the Margot Kidder has broken Howie out of the hospital right. like a and good he, person would. Yeah, and he, he sees them escaping out the window. He turns around and the two bad guys confront him. And and this is again <laughs> possibly my I I can't say my favorite scene. They're all It's my good. favorite scene, I think. <laughs> yeah. The two bad guys go, "So, who heard what your brother was saying except for you?" And he goes, "Oh, well, the ambulance driver." And he goes, "Johnson, you know what to do." And Johnson walks out of the room and comes back in like 3 seconds later. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Literally 3 seconds later. Immediately. And we'll find out later that in those 3 seconds he a murdered the ambulance driver and B did a background check on Gary Busey. <laughs> and, okay. It's, it, I also love too, like, cause, cause Gary Busey doesn't sell out the ambulance driver. It's the doctor walking by. He's yep, like, right. who else knows about this? And the doctor just w happens to be walking by right then, you know, just walking past, tell you about the ambulance driver and his amount of knowledge related to this thing. <laughs> he says that Jimmy Hoffa was buried right near the 50 yard. Thank you, doctor. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Enough. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. So, so the Johnson or whatever leaves the one federal agent leaves, goes and kills the ambulance driver. And then he comes back and he says to the other guy, excuse me, sir. Can I talk to you outside for a moment? Takes him outside and he's like, uh, turns out that that guy in there isn't just a cop. He's the guy's brother-in-law. And the other dude is like, why didn't you just walk in and say, hey, aren't you that dude's brother-in-law? Instead oh. of like pulling me out here so he could escape. But his suspenseful <laughs> thing, he goes, he's more than a cop. And I wanted him so badly to be like, he's also a shark. Shark cop! <laughs> Sorry, he's Gary also Busey. the owner. <laughs> you know, you patrons, you think you just get the show early, you get the little bonus things, you get your special tickets to the show. No. You help make Shark Cop happen when we eventually get that crazy billionaire money. You're investing in Shark Cop. You ever think of that? 
I do like Shark Cop. I think I, I think I might have a buyer on that Starring one. Starring Gary Busey. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. <laughs> and there's no special effects. It's just Gary Busey. And he's, and he's always running in every scene. Um, speaking of which, this is where we get him. This is probably the longest single run that we get on camera. Oh. And it's amazing because he clearly gives up. On running, <laughs> like eight seconds into this, so like we get him, he, he like runs out of the hospital, huffs his, and puffs his way to the uh, ambulance. The ambulance, the one ambulance this hospital has, by the way, is sitting across the street with a dead guy in it. Mm-hmm. So apparently, he just I don't know if he went and killed all the ambulance drivers or they just had the one, whatever. Um, and then of course he has to he has to run off from there. They get him running downstairs, and oh. it looks like it looks like it looks like a fucking toddler trying to negotiate stairs in a hurry. It's so good, oh. and he, he has to like it's it's like he's a big truck, and he has to like break early because he knows he's gonna like have to, have to stop like twenty feet later in front of the camera on the X. So you see him start to lean back. Yeah, and, like, change. It's so good. Mm. Oh, oh God, it's so good. <laughs> So he jumps in his uh, in his car to drive away because he's figured out that the bad guys are murdery or whatever. And he calls his wife to warn her. But as he's calling her, a truck is suddenly coming right at him. And his brakes won't work because apparently his instinct was to use the brakes when there's a truck coming right at him. <laughs> oh, but, and what? Also, the steering wheel doesn't work. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he clicks it for a second. So, like, the steering wheel. But either way. Are they broken on a delay? How did they set this up? Like, he clearly used the brakes and the steering wheel <laughs> during there, this yeah. drive so far. <laughs> and then they're both... And then the big truck has the same problem. The big truck just, like, goes right at him and doesn't swerve or use brakes enough. Yeah, right. Honks a lot. set this up? Yeah. Um, well, I think we're supposed to believe that Satan was taking care of that himself, but it seems like Satan could have just killed him yeah right or you think satan would kill him if that was the case all the way (laughs) kill him yeah right put him in a coma (laughs) so yeah so that he gets in the car accident then we get him waking up in a hospital and apparently he's been in a coma because he walks to the mirror and he's got a beard and long hair (laughs) oh my god it is rip van winkle level (laughs) of comical okay so we, look, there's a movie trope of like guy wakes up from the coma in the zombie movie and can instantly walk and do all the things that a human body can't do after it's been in a coma for years and years. But like, okay, that movie trope aside, Gary Busey leaps out of bed and like, boink, oh, I don't need that anymore. Scoop, doop, doop, doop. He has like Dumbledore level hair and beard. <laughs> he does. And the moment he gets out of bed, a one-armed man goes, hey, man, they're going to put some evil goggles on here. Your wife isn't here. I'm all you've got. We're best friends now. My name's Carl. Run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. So the, the the one-armed guy is warning him that he has to pretend that he's still in a coma or they'll come and put the glasses on him. And, and what happens if you get goggled while you're asleep? Why can't they do that? Well, right, because you'd figure then people would just close their eyes when you goggled them. It would, it right. would be pretty, yeah. Oh, I would pay anything to watch that world where you could just close your eyes to stop it, and the guy's like, fine, we're just going to keep these goggles on you, dude. Whatever. Keep my eyes closed. <laughs> I could sleep this way. Yeah, well, when oh, you wake up. look at all of this awesome fireworks I got here. <laughs> Bet you wish you could see those. <laughs> Just walking a guy in VR goggles around a museum. Oh, the Monet exhibit. <laughs> so nice. Oh, look, oh. Margot Robbie's naked over here. Look at that. Look at the boobs on her. Huh? Yeah. 
But so yeah, so they they so then the bad guys come in and just to reinforce this and slap the goggles on the one armed guy like seconds after he's made this warning or whatever. Um, and so he shows back up in virtual reality, the Matrix construct from the last movie. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get the Antichrist showing up to like you know talk him into sataning. Yeah, like, right. Because he's gonna grow his arm back. Yeah, right. And I really wanted the guy to ask for something else. It's like whatever. <laughs> Satan's just like, oh, you you want an, an iPad? <laughs> okay. <laughs> really figured this was an easy one. You have one arm. It has to be your yeah. right arm so you could take the mark. Uh, I'm just. Do you want nope. both? No, 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 I'm good. I just want the iPad. Ooh, 64 gigs with the AT&T connection, not the Verizon connection. I'm actually kind of into the stub thing. I'll tell you about it later. You're Satan, so you're probably into this, too. I don't know if you... It's called Nubplay. I've got a website. I, I want to oh run it from my new iPad. <laughs> So meanwhile, as this is all going on, as the one-armed guy is deciding to take the mark and be Satan-y too, um, we get Gary Busey sneaking out, which is a good thing, because as soon as the bad guy takes the mark, he goes, like, he, now he's on Satan's side, and he's like, oh, Gary Busey woke up, he's just, like, pretending to be asleep. So now the bad guys are on to him. And, and by the way, he's in this little locker room with Genesis eleven six on the wall, but not really. It just says, now nothing will be impossible. Mm -hmm. So the... The new O.N.E. propaganda department is using slogans from No Fear T-shirts from the early 90s. <laughs> Wonderful. He also decides to shave at this point. Like we oh, see yeah. What? Look in the mirror and be like, oh, I should shave and cut my hair perfectly <laughs> before you see me again, which we will get By to. By myself in this hospital as I'm running from the demon bad guys. Yeah. So now we cut to a van down by the river. Yeah, yeah, Margaret Kiddo's in there, and Cholo Panda from the last movie, and Helen is in there, but Helen, hey, good news, Helen has apparently stopped working for Santa since the last movie. She realized that her nose should be the same color as the rest of her face. Huh. <laughs> Who'da none? Who'da thunk? Right. And they're, they're doing a pirate broadcast from their news van to cut in on Macaluso's speech thingy yeah that's their news, their televangelist news videos yeah right exactly and just one little detail on macaluso's thing he's got the one logo behind him with a latin phrase on it the latin phrase means the world wants to be deceived i translated <laughs> nobody nobody reads latin in this world so it's like oh that's suspicious that you would say that <laughs> oh you? no it's you gotta, you a bad guy? I, it's like a magic thing you know yes <laughs> We haven't gotten around to it, but I got a whole magic special. I'm, a sec, I'm called the Super Deceiver. So. Yeah, and and of course, what we're supposed to learn here, and I want to make a quick correction. Uh, uh, Mario Kidder was not in it. It was uh, uh, Gary Busey's wife character, Susie, uh, that was in there with Christ Fu Panda and, and Helen. Um, and, oh, right, right. That's right. Kidder gets uh, evaporated. Yeah, yeah. We'll learn later that she got raptured away. Um, but yeah, so their thing, I guess, is that they break into the... Uh, TV broadcasts of Macaluso and put televangelists there instead of just like, hey guys, uh, me, Helen Hannah, I uh, just want to let you know, uh, he's the Antichrist. Instead, they <laughs> just, have to just like circle around it. Just report the news then. Yeah, if you're able to do this, it's so stupid. And they also, they have this little math problem here. Um, the oh. <laughs> Kung Fu Panda guy so glad you is, bring this is up. like, all right, so uh, <laughs> our like hacker thing has a range of 1200 miles. And uh, that covers about 20 million viewers. Yeah, what? Now, okay. are you in the ocean? Just think about this. <laughs> if they have a radius of 1,200 miles, <laughs> yes. that's like 4.5 million 
square miles. <laughs> they're covering more land than the entire United States. But they're bad with pi. So just <laughs> yeah, so that you okay. know. Pi could be 0.14 smaller <laughs> and they're still way off. Like they could be on a coast. They could be in like Yellowknife, Yukon, wherever, outer <laughs> Canada, and, which would be really stupid thing to do. But they could be there and cover way more than 20 million people. Being in Canada is a stupid thing to do. Heath said that, guys. Tweet him about it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, now, of course, apologize to me about email that. email from that guy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was, yes. So nice. We do have Negroes in Canada, by the way. So, and he, like, cited it with Wikipedia and everything. Yeah. He was sorry to bother I, us, like, four literally times. Literally, just him back, TLDR. Now he knows you were lying. Anyway, but no, it was, it, was, it was actually a very sweet email. And was, yes, we, we, we know that there are like more than seven black people in, in Canada. But thanks for, Which thanks for giving us some evidence to, to back there. that down. Jesus Christ, dude. Um, so, so yeah, but now unfortunately with their petty 1200 mile range from this van, uh, they can't really do all they want. What they really want is the ability to hack into the satellite. <laughs> That, the that one controls every TV yeah. in the world. Mm -hmm. Like, like no, nobody's going to be watching like porn on the <laughs> internet or Netflix or no. Nope. Nope. If only they could. Yeah, right, right. And now we cut to Gary Busey like emerging in his janitor clothes, and he is <laughs> entirely <laughs> clean shaven, and his hair is cut. He is it is like a cartoon, like a comedy. <laughs> he comes out from this room where we have not seen him with razor and scissors for four hours. He's just no. like he's just staring in the mirror, and he goes like, "Uh," and then he walks out totally clean shaven with a perfect haircut. Yeah, and a Gary Busey oversized Hawaiian shirt that he like picked out from a closet of Gary Busey oversized Hawaiian shirts. Where did that come from? Yeah, and of course the bad guys are catching up with him, so he has to he has to run off. Um, but he's all comatose, you know, because they you know they they had to have you know you know how comas will give you a limp. Yeah. Anyway, he's got one of those coma, <laughs> coma limps. And, but what's so funny is like he's clearly trying to be like a guy who was in a coma for years and had to, hasn't like clearly gotten control of his legs back. But it's so similar to just Gary Busey running. <laughs> that I, like, I don't feel like I could prove that's what he was going for. Gary, what's it like when you normal run? <laughs> okay, and what's it like when it's hard for you to run? <laughs> <laughs> now do the first one again. <laughs> Second one? First one. So, so and, and also, because Eli was talking earlier about how it's like watching like a, a grown-up chase a toddler or whatever. In this scene, in order to make it work, in order to make Gary Busey able to like outrun the bad guy, Gypsy David Smalley like hovers slowly towards him while using telekinesis <laughs> to lock all the doors he might go into. Yeah. Because if he uh, took a full adult stride, he would, catch, <laughs> yeah, exactly. he would step on the back of Gary Busey's shoe. Exactly. <laughs> Busey also blocks a door right before this with the ladder above the doorknob, which is oh, fantastic. Yeah, it was he like, just like, it was like, he just like puts a ladder somewhere near a door and like, you <laughs> got, got four guys chasing him. Like, yeah, they're through. thwarted. Yeah. It was like the dude putting the fucking, uh, chair yeah, up. Exactly. I, I was exactly. I was expecting the door to open yep. out myself. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, Busey manages to get out of the way. And this is honestly the closest this movie ever got to being clever. 
because like the, the, the demon is like locking all the doors on him with his telekinesis and then Busey bursts through this one door and runs off and the demon's like, what the fuck, man? Goes and he checks the door. That's the old chapel. God damn it. Ah. Now, luckily the chapel has an exit that goes to the street or something too. <laughs> and why even use door closing powers to just use poofing into existence thing and be like next to him or <laughs> right. whatever or take an adult stride yeah right i want him to get a talking to hey man you do the dramatic thing too often so like you could have just caught <laughs> gary huh you could have i could have you're right you're right this is on me this is on me it's just like you know you kill so many people with a gun as i'm about to do in a hallway just full of homeless people i'm just gonna kill a bunch of them. and i figure why not spice it up you know <laughs> also, I need some company with me. I know I'm a demon, but can you send two guys? I get lonely. Uh, I'm thinking of a thing. It starts with an A. Is it Antichrist? Oh my god! Have you guys played this before? Yeah, so he gets thwarted by the prayer chapel door, and I I just really wanted him to try to phase through the wall, like the other guy from the last one, and just like bump his head and realize he can't do it. Like, what the fuck? Parker, in part two, got wall phasing. This bull I'm gonna report this to Demon Osha. I really hit my nose. Whatever. So, and of course, then we get Gary, like, getting out of the hospital into the real world, and the first thing he sees when he gets out into this crazy new post-rapture world that he was in a coma through or whatever, is the cops smash into this black dude's car and pull him out of his car, and I'm like, oh, so it hasn't changed much. No, you can <laughs> nope. tell this is a movie because the cops don't kill the black guy. <laughs> well, they, not directly, not immediately, right. yeah. Instead, they force the virtual reality glasses onto him so that we can watch some character we've never met and we'll never see again go through his, like, tempted by the Antichrist moment. Wait, well, was this Ronnie? I thought this was Ronnie from Ronnie. the last one. Well, is it the same guy? The, the, I know his, I know the character's name was Ronnie, but it wasn't the same actor, was it? It would... He was black. <laughs> oh, it was Denzel one. Washington. My bad. But so. so black guy when, named Ronnie. I'm not an when, <laughs> when Ronnie appears in the virtual reality thing, like everyone sees what they want. That's the whole thing. So when Ronnie what? appears, there's just a cobra on the ground. Yeah, and I'm what? like, Ronnie, I get it. <laughs> All right, Ronnie. <laughs> Started to take my shirt off and cover myself in bacon grease. But of course, Ronnie's wearing a cross, so you know he's not going to give in to this damn Antichrist. So, you know, he says like, you know, uh, you can do whatever you want to this body, but you can't have my soul. You know, it has this big... The Eli moment. Bosnick story. <laughs> <laughs> and so, of course, the cobra bites him to death. And then he dies. So Gary's watching all of this happen. Uh, and then it, right when the guy dies, Anthony Weiner shows up to cheer the death of... <laughs> what did that guy look exactly like an old Anthony Weiner? He really did. Motherfucking danger he, he shows up. He comes right up and he's like, serves him right, huh? And I wrote in my notes, hey man, we don't say black guys deserve to die unless it's on Facebook. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Fuck. Cut it out. <laughs> right. But yeah, Carlos Danger walks up and he's like, so... The new plot is we all have the 666 mark. Go. <laughs> yeah, and he realizes that Gary doesn't have his mark or whatever, so he has to run off. And, of course, once again, the bad guys are right on his tail, but they have to, like, all right, let's give him a head start. Hold on. He's, <laughs> he's taking a break. Uh, and just quick question here. Does the existence of 
tattoos not from Satan ruin the entire plot of this movie? I feel like they do. Can't, like, the haters could just foil Satan with henna, and then it's over? <laughs> no. Right. So And so he runs into this alley full of bums where he's going to hide. <laughs> I wanted one of them to be dipping a banana into, like, a garbage can of rainwater, <laughs> just figuring something out. Don't do it. And look, this kind of sort of gets explained, but at first I was like, wait, there's people who took the mark and are homeless? Like, they put on the glasses, and they were like, cardboard box. <laughs> like a nice one. But we learned that these people who are just living out in the open, they didn't get the mark. Right. And, and yeah. we learned this because David Small, Cholo David Smalley just walks around, and he goes like, show me your mark. And he's like, nah, you know what? Let's just kill all of these people. Yeah, bums are gross. Yeah. <laughs> so, and of course, during this whole bit, Gary needs to hide under a piece of cardboard like a three-year-old like this man thinks metal gear is a thing that really happened to him it's so good he hides under this piece of cardboard i honest i there is no i am not sure of anything more in the universe that they had to cut several times because gary would go nobody here invisible. can't see me gary they're just gonna not see you yeah because i yelled Cardboard box noise. You can't see me, but I'm under here. Cardboard box noise. I mean, crinkle. Is it a crinkle? Reappear. Specto Patronum. Yeah, but of course, before they can get to him, he's actually climbed into the sewer grate that was under his cardboard box, I guess, or whatever. So he gets away. So he goes into this this Asian dude's store and has to use his phone. And the guy's like, can I see the back of your hand? He, he goes like, I don't speak no Chinese. Raven Nan King me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My wife I need to talk to is his exact response. Yes, yes. His exact <laughs> response is, <laughs> My wife I need to talk to. And they kept it. <laughs> he went into fucking Yoda grammar in the middle of this scene. He's so, totally dead. So, but the Asian guy is suspicious, so he pulls out an anti-aircraft missile. It's a Civil War cannon in his oh. hand. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, like this, it is such a comically large gun that I thought they were going for comic effect. Like, there's no other reason you would ever use this kind of disproportionately large gun unless <laughs> you were, it would be like if, if the guy in fucking, uh, Inglorious Masters just happened to smoke that pipe. Like, you know, no, that doesn't, that you're not supposed, anyway. So he pulls out this gigantic gun and of course Gary Busey uses that clever you know where you slap the gun the guy's holding on you thing blows out the wick of the cannon (laughs) runs away like he might as well the guy might as well at the store duck behind the counter and then just like hover back up inside a Harrier jet like two lives (laughs) and then he slaps the jet away and runs out and Gary's reaction might as well have been to grab the gun and put his finger on the other side like he had a trigger and be like no I have you at gunpoint Don't make me do it. <laughs> so he, here he is. He runs out of the store. He still hasn't been able to call his wife, but he does see a guy on a cell phone. So he decides to steal that guy's phone. Okay. Now I have to talk about this. A huge amount of my job as a magician is choreographing this scene, right? 
whenever there's a pickpocket scene, I've done like two movies and a bunch of commercials and a bunch of plays where someone goes, oh, we need to know what a pickpocket bump looks like. And if you want to know what it looks like when you don't hire a magician, it's this moment where Gary Busey climbs on top of this gentleman, <laughs> fucks him for six and a half minutes and walks away like, I saw your phone. <laughs> Trade secret. You just do a normal bump and then the person has the thing. There's nothing special to choreograph. But obviously, the people who made this movie don't know it because Gary crawls up this man's ass, wears him as a puppet for six years, marries a woman, has two children, crawls back out again and is like, got his phone, invisible, invisible. I thought I was going to have to cover myself in cardboard for that one. So he, he goes to his old house and there's nobody there. So he breaks in by punching his way through the window. And again, that's probably just something Busey did on set. And they're like, fuck, we got to work that into the movie, guys. No question. Have a bleeding hand for the rest of the day. Because he's got the bloody hand and he unlocks the door and he's walking. And as he's walking, Gary Busey blows on his hand. He does. <laughs> he, goes, he blows on his hand. I assume because Gary Busey, feeling his thing, assumed his hand was on fire. <laughs> and also, I love this bit too because he still doesn't know what's going on. So he turns on the TV to figure out what's going on. And of course, it's it's like the news explaining what's going on. But I'm like, well, what if Cake Boss is on? I mean, like, like the odds are, if you turn on the TV, it's not going to explain the plot of Earth to you in the first few minutes. But no, of course, because they don't really try that hard with these scripts that's exactly what it's saying and of course during that they they i guess another televangelist breaks in on a pirate broadcast so we can go like oh yeah yeah remember from earlier they right. do and that it's, it's the same footage from they, the last two they really did yeah. just buy three clips they bought like white haired fluffy hair lady we bought super deceiver and the like my <laughs> friends they will think they're doing a good thing when they jesus come into my heart Although there is one new addition in this movie, which I really appreciated, which was the, the we, we get a fluffy haired lady who now helps Jim Backer sell his buckets. And she goes, <laughs> now, if someone is seeing this during the tribulation, what would you say? And I wanted him so bad to be like, ha ha, see? Made fun of me. You didn't buy my tapes, but now I'm gone. I'm up in heaven. Well, Jesus playing racquetball and he lets me win. Lets me win. He, he misses a shot and he goes, oh, good, good point. Good point, Gary, because it is. It is a good point. And we see all these different preachers. There's like, yeah, three of them now because we see Helen in her van flipping through all different channels to check on her pirate broadcast. Why are they doing different preachers on each station that they hack? Like, are they trying to be like appropriate for each one? Like on Nickelodeon, it's Veggie Tales, And then like, what would Tammy Faye work for? Like, all right, Fox. She'll be on Fox. What the fuck? So, yeah. meanwhile, we get we go back to Gary's house where he's like still looking through all of his old shit. Turns out that ring from from the first scene is still there. What are the odds? Yep. Zero. Zero in some <laughs> number. So, yeah. And then his neighbor shows up with a gun demanding to see his mark. Yes. Yeah. And uh Busey knocks him out with a move he learned from Dad pretending to know karate to impress his eight-year-old son's friend. Yep. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, I, I love to while they're fighting, like, at one point, the black guy, the neighbor, growls at he him. He makes tiger sounds, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. 
This this will happen more than once in the film. Um, and I love to. This made no fucking sense, right? Because the the bad the neighbor comes in with a gun. Gary Busey gets the gun from him, and then he runs to another part of the house where he pulls out a gun. Is that a gun? I thought it was honestly. I thought it was nunchucks. I actually thought it was nunchucks. <laughs> I, it's like a light blue strip of. I, I I watched this like six times, and I concluded that it was nunchucks. Oh man, it would have been so fun to watch Gary Busey. <laughs> Am I eighty four percent sure there is a cut nunchuck fight scene that Gary Busey like did some serious self harm and they had to cut it for legal reasons? <laughs> Like, 19-year-old Andrew just had to arbitrate that because the nunchucks were the cause of the industry injury, they couldn't be in the movie? All right. So that is our number one crazy oh, billionaire goal. We have to fucking write a movie. Billionaire goal? Nunchuck sitting nun- nun- in, in the movie. jar to get Gary Busey <laughs> to do nunchucks on camera. <laughs> He was in three seasons of The Celebrity Apprentice and Celebrity Apprentice All-Stars. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can Google his cell phone number at this point. <laughs> He'll just show up, huh? <laughs> Hi, it's me, Gary Busey. You need me? I'll do whatever you want. Anything. Just say, just ask. Six, 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 six. That's usually for cars. <laughs> New York's loving that. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so anyway, so we cut to that night. Like, he's left his house, and now he's going to see Calvin with the hopes that Calvin will help. And when he admits that he doesn't have the mark, his brother's, like, all freaked out. You know, like, oh, come on in, quick, before anybody sees you. Right, but he has the mark. Yes, yeah, we see that right away. And then we get this really weird moment. I wasn't really sure what they're going for here, because he's like, you know, what happened to Eileen, Calvin? And he's like, uh, who the fuck is that? He's like, it's the the sister for... From earlier, and Calvin doesn't know that she existed or denies that she existed now. Yeah, because they they delete the sister like from your pick. Like you get a, I guess if you were an early adopter, you also got an Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind package with it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to remember my bitch sister. Like, but there's they never explain why they would Photoshop his sister. I, I mean, did they get raptured from the pictures too? We who and memories, <laughs> but wait. We have to talk about his performance in this scene. Oh, the whole point is this this yeah, performance. It's fucking magic. So <laughs> Calvin says, like, all right, the doctor said this might happen. You had a serious head injury. Um, we don't have a sister. And then you see goes first he takes a big pause and it's like, ready camera guy? Going full Busey. You watch him? <laughs> You're gonna miss it. You're gonna miss it. We have a sister, <laughs> <laughs> but they're they're speaking very normally. Like he's, he's yeah. just like, look, man, you had a head injury, and, and you see Gary Busey go three, two, one. We have a sister, <laughs> and you can see the other actor get surprised and upset, which is amazing. You get to watch another actor be like, oh, uh, we, that's obviously not. Oh, we're keeping going. Okay. Ooh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> So, and uh, my favorite moment, I watched it like <laughs> It's incredible. It's incredible. I kept backing it up until Anna was like, you have to stop. You have to stop. You have to get the movie done. Yeah, you have to do the show. Very clearly in the script, the guy was writing it. Imagine this as, no, we have a sister. But instead, he just, yeah. That's <laughs> with it's so good. Like it's he awesome. found it. Like he was dunking for sisters. Like he, he came out with a sister in his teeth from a kiddie pool. And his performance would have made more sense. 
<laughs> so now, of course, Calvin wants him to try on these magic Antichrist goggles. Um, and this is where we like we learn that Calvin has telekinetic powers because he uses his telekinesis to grab the goggles. This will never matter in any way. Right. But, but even with telekinesis, the goggles aren't the type of thing that you can like force on to somebody because they're awkward and you can't just put them on. It's like trying to give a dog a pill and Busey's just like closing his mouth and moving his head back and forth and he won't get it in. So I bet good. it's also like giving Gary Busey a pill. I bet it's pretty much the same experience. And, and again, his performance here, he, he has this, again, the line is, I said I don't want to. Right. And this is, this is the performance Gary Busey chose to give. <laughs> I said, I don't want to. <laughs> Again, I know not everyone watches along with us, but this one is on YouTube. I promise you it is worth it. Put just it just on, for the running. Cuddle up, make some popcorn. <laughs> I wouldn't lead you wrong. Flash forward through everything that isn't Gary Busey. It's eight minutes yeah. of comedy gold. <laughs> Sign up for Pure Flix. You get a month free. It's in slightly better def. It's Use worth our it. code. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where Gary Busey looks at him and goes, oh, yeah, in here, in the helmet. And I wanted him so badly to start whispering into the helmet like, hey, Lucifer, you in that helmet? <laughs> <laughs> I coat myself a baby. Boom, boom, <laughs> and, and this is where he says my personal favorite line of the movie I'm the one with the brain injury, but I'm beginning to think the rest of the world is insane. And I wrote in my notes, the Gary Busey story. <laughs> <laughs> Should have worn a helmet, buddy. Should have worn a helmet. Um, yeah, so, and then, of course, like, he goes to wander off or whatever, and the guy's like, no, you have to wear the goggles. Lucifer's the good guy, trust me. Um, and, and, he, and he tries to shoot him, but apparently this gun has no bullets in it. Yeah, Gary Busey's gun that he brought had no bullets. Why? Why? Right. And Nothing? then to make it make even less sense, Gary Busey goes, all right, I'm going to leave. And then he comes back and goes, you know what? I'll put the helmet on. Here, get it. Because he, he's like knocked it to the floor. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, good. And then he, boom, knocks karate chops him on the back of the neck and he's knocked out. <laughs> I, I love too that like everyone in this movie who gets hit is unconscious for it's like the walking concussed or something in this movie. <laughs> oh, and the chop is so it's a two handed backhand yeah. karate chop. It's so good. Yeah, you can only imagine how good that cut nunchuck scene was. <laughs> so now that we've gone back to the hey, what's that over there? Well, for the third time in this act, I suppose the writers need a break as much as we do. So we'll pause for a couple of minutes and when we come back, we'll hop back into the undiagnosed mental illness that is Apocalypse Three Tribulation. So, Mr. Quincy, who else heard what your brother-in-law was saying? Well, I'm not sure. The ambulance driver, the other folks at the... Oh, oh the, the ambulance driver, eh? Hey, Johnson, you know what to do. Mm -hmm. Wait, wait, what? What? Is, is he going to go kill the ambulance driver? What? No, of what? course not. You, you're not going to kill the ambulance driver at all, are you, Johnson? Uh, yeah, no, yeah. No, not at all. Silly question. No. What were you going to do? Um, oh. Because, like, the uh, second he, I mentioned the ambulance driver, he said, you know what to do. What do you know what to do? What, what, is, what did oh, you... Uh, right. No, that's a, a good... Uh, uh, dri drive the ambulance. What? I'm drive the... Seriously, dude? Yeah. No, I'm going to drive the ambulance. I figured he's going to be tired, the driver, so... I could drive his ambulance for a while, you know, take over. You're going to... 
go take over the ambulance driver's job because he heard what my brother said about a big conspiracy. Those are the words I said. Uh-huh. Okay. Seems odd. See you guys later. Yep. Bye. <clears throat> Dude, what the fuck? You're going to drive the ambulance? I'm... I'm not good on the spot. You know this. What was I supposed to say? I don't know. I'm going to go question him, maybe. I need uh, to call that in. No habla English. Oh, fuck. I want to drive the ambulance. Okay, well, next time, then I'll give you the knowing look, and you kill the guy. Fine. Fine. <laughs> good. <laughs> okay, guess it's time to put on these goggles, and, um, Jeez. all right. He. Whoa. Uh, cool. I'll take the mark. If you take my, sorry, what? Oh, fuck. It's you again. One of the podcaster guys. Yeah. Shit. Hi. Uh, so yeah, I'll take it. I haven't offered you anything yet. This is just a blank white space where people. Y yeah. No, no, totally great. Uh, I'll take it. Do I have to like sign something or? It's nice. Really? It's just, it's just a blank white space. Like that's, that's what you want from the Messiah. Take my mark. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty easy to please. I'm uh, I'm ready to go in this. Yeah, let's pull the trigger. Uh, geez, I, I guess, yeah. That's, that's, I feel kind of bad. Can I get you anything else? Uh, I'll take a Sprite if you're up, but only if you're up. Otherwise, I'm good. No, you get Sprite. Sure. Okay. You and the other guy. Really easy to please. Surprising, honestly. Oh, yeah? Uh, what did Noah ask for? A waterbed. You believe it? A waterbed. Huh. Well, I, I hear they're comfortable. Yeah. You like sleeping on a balloon full of germs. They are comfortable. <laughs> they're no Casper, but... <laughs> and we're back for more of this nonsense, and we're going to start off this time with Helen Hannah all captured and tortured in that demonic boardroom from earlier with right. the pentagram. And she's being, like, tortured to find out where God is. like Yeah, where she keeps her God. Literally. And it's really weird. They have her chained up in this, like, strange style thing. Almost crucifixy, but not quite. Oh, yeah, almost, like, equally reasonable, one of those yard-sized zip lines for a dog. <laughs> just walking around <laughs> headquarters. Would have been way better. This is also where he tells her, like, oh, your God is running and afraid. That's where your God is. And you can ju you just know the people watching this yelled at their TV, my God, ain't no coward. <laughs> he ain't yelling. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, he wanders off after saying, God will not help you, blah, blah, blah. He wanders off and she goes, I'm in. See, it was all part of the plan, you oh. see. Um, but anyway, then we cut to Gary Busey in a field because remember that tree that they were carving at the beginning of the movie? Yeah. And and Gary Busey like, is hanging out of the tree and he's like, here you are, new high tree. And... <laughs> And Howie Mandel is just hanging out in the tree. Now, okay. So weird. I want to explain just how stupid a scripting moment this is. They've clearly <laughs> set up, here's this tree where we're going to carve our initials. This is the meeting tree. So later on in the movie where we all have to meet, we can figure this out. Howie Mandel's character was not involved nope. in that in any way. Nope. Right? This is the sister or the brother-in-law that he met, you know, decades after. And when, when fucking Gary Busey says, Howie, what are you doing in this random tree in the woods? He's like, no fucking idea, man. We yeah. did not tackle that in the script. <laughs> What's amazing is he, his answer is, I know, right? 
Yeah, it is. That's all they've got. <laughs> it really is. That's this, all they've got. They couldn't think of a goddamn oh, reason in the world why he would be in that this fight. Is Neither a can I. Movie. We did a bad <laughs> job. We tried, and it was hard. <laughs> Writing you movies do. is hard. <laughs> Harder than the Lebons uh, give it credit for with Lons, whatever the hell their name is. Yeah, what are you doing out here? Oh, I'm going to catch you up on the plot thing with the <laughs> uplink. This is perfect. I'll, I'll tell you about it. And it's amazing. They have to hug here because they're yeah. friends in the movie or whatever. And Howie Mandel clearly hates it. Like well, more than a normal person would hate it, being yeah. embraced by Gary Busey. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. like we know Howie Mandel is like a, a germaphobe who's struggled with that for years. And like, if there's a human version of a germ, it's Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> So you get this like quick ass out, double tap done hug, and then Howie Mandel like shivers and vomits <laughs> a little bit and swallows it back. It's it's rough. <laughs> and just to make sure that my notes are super confusing here, now they start this like cross cutting thing where they're going from like Howie catching Gary Busey up on the quote unquote plot and Helen having the glasses put on her and having her confrontation with the Antichrist. Yeah. And I love, too, like, when, when he's explaining this, like, Helen's basically, her reaction is like, I think you're underestimating what a bunch of intractable assholes Christians are. You remember? Have you ever <laughs> talked to one of us? Well, she's also entirely not responding to any of his points in that no. she keeps just shitting on a cult and other religions. Like, he'll be like, I am going to use mind control powers. And she'll be like, you can meditate and chant as much as you want, but Jesus is way more powerful than you. He's like, that is not what I said. Oh, Buddha, more like Buddha. <laughs> right, you got your own thing going on here, huh? Not really about what I'm saying. And then we cut back to Satan and Helen in the Matrix thing, and he's explaining his plot some more, and he says, I want company in the lake of fire. I want a bunch of, like, company? Like, to play rock, paper, scissors? What? <laughs> I'm saying Why would this... Satan have to actually go in the lake of fire himself? I thought he runs the show. There, it makes no sense. I'm telling you, the through line of this movie is that demons get lonely. <laughs> Satan wandering around hell. Hey, Jerry, how's it going? Oh, <laughs> kind of like a party down here with so many people, huh? Oh, <laughs> who wants to play pin the tail on the U? <laughs> and also, I love because like the whole time, like the, the the Antichrist character is cackling or whatever, and I, it, like I couldn't tell if that was like evil cackle or if this actor was just laughing at the dialogue they were supposed to be having there. Anyway, yeah, really, he he transitions from like the rapey Italian Uber driver to like the leprechaun from the movie <laughs> Leprechaun in voice, especially when he laughs. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then like, so he admits that in reality he hates humans and his secret plan is to t burn them all in hell, but they're so stupid that they're gonna willingly walk along with him. You know, it's one of those like very obvious scenes in the movie where, oh, I hope nobody's taping this so that you will see it later and then everyone will know what you're really up to kind of moments. So yeah, spoiler alert. Um, and then they murder her with a guillotine. Right. And right before he like lowers the blade and kills her, she goes, you're nothing like God. And I wanted him so badly to be like, how? Tell me one way in which I am not like God. Pass. <laughs> okay. And then the blade comes down. <laughs> I don't know. Green slime and a blade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So now we cut back to Calvin waking up from Busey's vicious karate chop double hander or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess going into the Matrix to tell the Antichrist that Gary Busey got away. Yeah. So it's kind of stupid. And then the Antichrist decides that he's got to murder him. Right. And he, he murders him by speeding up his heart rate. And, and but, at this point, Gary Busey, like he's had this plot explained to him. So he decides to go back to like check on Calvin. Who knows why he goes back? But like he's getting heartbeated to death. And when he pulls the goggles off, his mouth is like wide open, like, oh, like, like yeah. a roller coaster picture. Right, and he has fatally O faced. Yes, Uh, Gary Busey blows on him (laughs) (laughs) to cool him off. (laughs) Well, he he tries to touch his chest, and and it's hot. hot. So So he goes. (laughs) (laughs) He does. He's like soup, right? (laughs) He's like soup. Again, like that's the brilliant. There's nothing more brilliant than Gary Busey, right? Because like you can't direct every action, and Gary was just like, (laughs) I kept doing it, (laughs) (laughs) and they must have just been like, that's it. We're running out of reel. Yeah. (laughs) And also, what happened with the killing there? Did like did the guillotine like Satan was like bring out the guillotine, and the, the minions were like, oh yeah, sorry, it's like jammed or something, boss. You're gonna have to do the heart attack thing penis enlargement after you guys <laughs> i don't know we just killed that canadian lady so it's all syrupy we need it <laughs> it's gonna take a while to clean it <laughs> fun fact canadians have syrup for blood <laughs> not everybody knows that um and then of course while he's like while he's in there trying to save calvin the bad guys pull up because apparently they know he's in there or don't or something um so he has to hide like a child playing hide and seek. Yeah. And the, they walk around the house. They they don't see him, even though he's like in a closet right there. It's a the, miracle. But the minion is just seeing a wall. Is that what was happening? Yeah. Did I mm-hmm. see that correctly? Like, yeah. was it a war room? What? <laughs> God damn it. So he was praying in this closet. I can't get in. Oh, it smells so like. Gary Busey and prayer in here. And once again, the bad guys choose this exact moment and location to discuss their evil plans aloud. Oh, yes, of course. So they're like, yeah, you know, we don't know exactly what they where they are, but we've set this trap with a fake but real satellite transmitter that'll give them everything they want. We don't know exactly where they are, but we know they're somewhere near Rat Lake. Remember from earlier? Well, it doesn't matter if you remember because Gary Busey's going to clue you in by going, the cabin. At that volume while hiding from these people. <laughs> yeah, the cottage. And I yeah. want them so badly to be like, Gary, you're supposed to be invisible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Again, Who's, you said that. <laughs> Again, this is just Gary Busey between takes, hanging out in a closet, yelling at himself. <laughs> cottage. There's like, keep it rolling. This is gold. He's going to do something Work else. It in. <laughs> And we haven't really mentioned the, 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 the techno babble that they try in this movie. And it's, and it's, it's spectacular from time to time. But at one point while they're discussing their evil plan, the one guy turns to the other guy, he goes, the tracking device will pinpoint their location. It's like, it's a fucking tracking device, dude. <laughs> I was like, got it. That's oh. what they do. It doesn't make <laughs> <Yeah>. zoodles. <laughs> <laughs> really hope so, there's some zucchini noodles. Half of that. So the bad guys leave. They, uh, he, he closes his brother's eyes, tries to pray and like that sort of awkward, like, you know how you do the thing where you clasp your hands, you turn them around. Everybody's like, can you wiggle that finger? He does that when he's <laughs> yeah, trying to pray. 
So, but then he leaves. But of course, remember how his brother had those bombs that were so cleverly introduced earlier into the movie by them just being in his living room for I no do reason. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to take the bombs with him. That'll be important. So, so anyway, then we head over to the cabin to check in on the gang of haters, and this is another one of those great techno babble moments where she's like, "You know, I don't understand. <laughs> we cracked the ground bay relay system for the dot 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 shit the satellite thing." Yeah. I, I, what what are they doing there? They're trying to they're trying to hack in and they're trying to get the password. I just want to point out second movie in a row where someone has just been baffled by a password and everyone else has been acting like it's a it's a code that needs to be cracked. Yeah. <laughs> right. What do these question marks stand for? Is it uh Satan 666? Fuck. All right. Try with a capital S. <laughs> uh, a dollar sign. Try a dollar sign. Dude, don't no. give away my password on air. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, Tichuba is there too, again. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess she just like walked away at some point during the last movie. She's fine. But, and now she's only like 75 years behind the times. She's dressed <laughs> like Rosa Parks instead yeah. of. Much better. Tichuba in the next movie, she's going to be in like a zoot suit. <laughs> <laughs> we, she may. She may. You say that as a joke, but you have no idea. <laughs> So then we cut to Howie and Gary, and they're heading up to Rat Lake before it's too late. We know this because they pass a sign that says Rat Lake. <laughs> like, like, we're going to be like, good, he's not driving to the entirely wrong place. That's <laughs> I wanted it to be a different sign. We'd spend a few hours with him and Mandel just, like, arguing about a map. Yes. Around <laughs> I told you we should have gone left. Oh, so, yeah, so then they pull up, and they can hear gunshots in the background, and apparently that's just so that we get to watch Busey run some more. Oh, it's so and, good. And then he bursts in where all the bad, or where all the good guys, rather, are hanging out. It's really hard to tell in this movie since they're the ones fighting against world peace. And he comes in to warn them that the ONE guys are coming. But before that, we have to get this really awkward embrace between him and his wife and Howie. <laughs> it's like a two-way hug that, like, turns into a three-way hug weirdly you ever been there where you like run into someone and their sister's there and they're like oh my god me too and you're like oh you know, wow, we're all hugging. apparently <laughs> yeah yeah and of course he he's trying to warn him like that the one guys are coming and they're shooting everybody that they see but it's too late because an one guy walks in on him while he's saying that right and, and so this O&E guy decides to like smack talk the Bible and then ask everyone individually if they're ready to die for the Bible. And it's such terror. I mean, the Bible's pretty easy to smack talk, mm. you know, and, but instead this guy's going like, Oh, you guys like this stupid little book with stupids in it. Why don't you marry it then? That's oh, about as good as he can go. Look at this. Oh, I'm the Bible. Duh, duh. <laughs> you want to die for that? And, and Gary Busey immediately is ready to die for the Bible. I wrote in my notes, Gary Busey's ready to die for Arby's. Let's not overthink this. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they all do like a I'm Spartacus version of go ahead and hmm. shoot me for being Christian, except for Howie Mandel. Yeah, he doesn't want to die for the Bible. So he runs off in shame and the bad guy lets him. I don't, I don't understand this scene at all. It's not clear. Like, they're all answering yes. They, like, what what consequences is the agent setting up 
for the ones that say yeah, he's pointing a gun and they say yes and he doesn't shoot the I don't I don't it, Well, I think that's good. that's the plan is that he's going to execute every one of them after how he leaves. He just doesn't Oh, he's just going to like she's checking him off the list. Like, yeah, oh, you right, said right, yes right. too. Okay. okay. All right. All the yeses get killed. <laughs> yeah, all the noes cuz I want to it's like getting them in a picture. He's like everyone get together and line your heads <laughs> up. I don't want to waste bullets. Don't make me do a, one bullet for everybody. Just get put your Okay, get in threes. <laughs> Because I feel like a bullet will make it through three, uh, two. We'll do two, all right? And I, <laughs> Just be on the safe side. There's an side. odd number of you. Who wants the single bullet? <laughs> oh, don't be dicks about this. Don't make me choose. Also, this is also where we learned that, uh, okay, you know, when when uh, the Antichrist was going off on his, ah, oh, if, if only those idiots in the world could see me now, they would not think I was a good guy. Instead, no, I was a bad guy. When he was doing that monologue, Helen was videotaping it, the virtual reality thing <laughs> Through that she was looking at. Contacts. With contact lenses. That's <laughs> so <stupid>. <laughs> I can't what? even... who knows they really weren't trying at this point like to to be fair though like at this point they had to have been thinking like okay no one who's capable of formulating that question is still watching guys exactly (laughs) like she went into the matrix and asked for let me get contact lens cameras and then got them and then went back out there's no way to explain it We also cut to Macaluso here who's like, because again, we're going to break in with the footage of what he said Mm. in the VR world, right? So Mako's doing like a guided meditation with the world that's supposed to make everybody believe in him because when everyone believes in him, he'll be able to open the gates of hell. Which is where he lives. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's got to get up to his 95%. He's got to get up to his 100th monkey. Right. But apparently. He's, he's trying to get everyone to invest and thrive, right? He's like an old <laughs> friend who looks you up on Facebook. Oh, my God, let's get lunch. And you're like, oh, man, you're part of an MLM. Nope. Thanks so much. <laughs> anyway, so and, and of course, while we're listening to Macaluso deliver his message, we get Howie sitting there feeling all cowardly for running off on everybody else while they were busy dying for God. And that was, it was such a boring scene. There's like six solid minutes of Howie Mandel feeling bad. Yeah. And mm-hmm. look, Howie Mandel should feel bad for a lot of things, chiefly being in this movie. And again, <laughs> I, I'm with his theory right. that they just caught like Howie yelling at his agent on the phone and then crying and then being like, no, use it. Use it. It'll be like he's <laughs> sorry about the thing. But yeah, that was super boring. Yeah. And of course, meanwhile, we've got the bad guys showing up, um, you know, and that's why they can't cut into the message yet, because the bad guys will be able to find them and be able to, like, jam their frequency with the frequency jammer thing that they have. Um, but luckily, Gary Busey knew they were coming, so he set a clever trap. Would anybody care to explain how his clever trap works uh so he knew look when you're a bad guy and you're gonna go into a building filled with haters what do you do you burst in the door and then you instantly start shooting everything all the objects yeah anything with a shape anything with a shape right right right, yeah exactly shaped so you just put your bombs that your brother had (laughs) all over the place and they'll shoot the bombs and the house will blow up because that's how yeah. bombs work. Well, not immediately. They, no. they they wait for you to realize facially what's happened. <laughs> and then they Wiley well, Coyote, yeah. If yeah. you never look down. You won't. And the look <laughs> on this guy's face is fucking amazing. 
Yes, my note here is he sees the bomb and he reacts like it's an ad on YouTube before a movie trailer. Like, oh, oh, come right. on. <laughs> and he an ad to watch it. an ad? Fuck. <laughs> he is mildly disappointed. And I love, okay, so if A, they hadn't just walked in and started firing into an empty room, or B, bullets didn't make bombs explode, or C, they missed the bombs, or D, they went to the ho- fucking cabin on the right side of them first instead of the one on the left side of them first, the, yeah, the, the entire plan falls apart. But luckily for Gary Busey, this movie really doesn't give a fuck, and so they all blow up, and now they can cut in with their pirate message. So they they cut into the message, and and then Howie sees it, right? Because he's in their van, he sees that the the footage cuts in, and he's like, "Oh, they they did it," and that makes him throw away his crystal because he doesn't need that crystal anymore because he's a Christian now. Christians don't need no stinking crystals. Right. And and then the, and then it cuts back to Macaluso who's like realized they caught him on tape. And, and <laughs> oh god, this is He starts to yell so at the TV like the voicemail that I leave all my exes every time I get drunk. <laughs> like, Don't do this. Come on. I'm Come back. You remember what you remember <laughs> that night you said you got really close? I bet I could do that again. <laughs> Answer the phone. He's pick up. He's. Don't do this. Close to what? What are you talking about? I get rid of your Lyme disease. You guys never tell me anything. <laughs> so, and then you, the the whole gang laughs like the Scooby Gang or something. It's the end of the episode. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and 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 we should be done now, right? We should not have to watch this movie anymore. But fuck us, right? Uh, so Gary Busey turns to his wife and he goes, what day is it? And she goes, Sunday. And he's like, good. Otherwise, you'd have to w- wait until Sunday and still be watching this movie or whatever. But he goes, I have somewhere to go. Because <laughs> right. you remember at the beginning of the movie where he promised Margot Kidder that he was going to go to her church next Sunday. And now it's Sunday. So he's going to go to her church. Right. It would have been great if we got six days of it was Monday. We got six <laughs> days of Busey just like. Yeah, I'm gonna go to church in like six days. Just keep filming me. You wait. <laughs> you wait. So, what do you guys want to do? Oh, what day is it now? I'm gonna practice my nunchucks. I'm gonna practice some nunchuck kata. Hugguk, hugguk, hugguk. Just calling everybody sensei. <laughs> Throwing up oatmeal that they won't let him eat. <laughs> I ate too much Halloween candy. <laughs> Oh, you must give us money so we can pay Gary Busey to make this movie. You understand? You must. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. We have finally found our calling. All right. So now we pull up to the to Eileen's old church, which is boarded up and barbed wired and everything else. And then he heads into the church to get right with God. And as he does, wouldn't you know it, Howie pulls up at that very same church since he knew they would be there. Oh, we, yeah, I, sorry, we missed it. There's a deleted scene where the sister carved their names into the side of that church as well. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> It's the tallest church in the city. I don't know. If you oh, know well, that. in that case. <laughs> and we get the bet. Look, we've watched a lot. I mean, a lot of come to Jesus speeches. <laughs> and I think we can all agree. Gary Busey's weird, creepy, singles night hitting on you speech to God is the greatest one we've had so far. 
He basically just starts off with like, what? I just want to get to know you. I wasn't going to put my penis there yet. Yeah. Yeah. He literally (laughs) says, I'm not good at saying prayers. So I'm going to talk to you like you're right here. Because now I know you are. (laughs) And again, anything in the world for him to just go, I'm thinking of a thing, animal vegetable mineral. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? If Prescott isn't good this weekend, they're going to put Romo in? What do you think? (laughs) Yeah. I I got Deshaun Plankins. (laughs) (laughs) And he tries so hard to cry near the end of his little monologue, but it's clearly not working. And it looks like they eventually settled on waiting until he really had to pee. Because that's the look on his face. For the last Guys, minute. I figured out how to make water come out of my body. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm not allowed a big lemonade during the big days? Well, what if we give me the big lemonade at the Aunt Annie's breakfast, but then, but then no wee-wee's time? So. I need help. <laughs> it's probably where they got the inspiration for that opening scene with Calvin, yeah. I got a guy who will sell you old ice cream. <laughs> All right, well, I, I know that the jogging Busey scenes kind of make up for all the crappy stuff, but in keeping with the theme of the show, I want you guys to pretend the movie was awful as you answer this final question. What is the worst Christmas present you could possibly get that would still be better than this movie? Um, I'm going to say one free credit on Eli's uh, new Limer app. <laughs> That could be arranged. You got three free credits for signing up. But well, I want fine. one more. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Latino Demon's trench coat. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. And, well, that does it for our review of Apocalypse 3 Tribulation. That's not going to do it for the episode just yet because these motherfuckers don't know how trilogies work. So, Eli, tell us <laughs> what's on deck. Oh, we've been waiting for it. <laughs> so Apocalypse we started 4 it. Judgment. Yes. Starring Mr. T. There is a step up from Gary fucking Busey. Glover Lang is that step up. I'm so excited. (laughs) This movie is about Hannah's... Hannah is alive. If you watch the trailer, it's on YouTube. Hannah is alive, Mm -hmm. and she is on trial for being a Christian, and Mr. T is head of the resistance. Uh, Also, just something to point out that... In the trailer, a woman says, I call Jesus Christ to the stand. What I'm saying yes. is, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> it should be pretty fucking awesome. So with that to look forward to, we'll bring episode 70 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoy the show, be sure to check out our shows The Scathing Atheist and The Scrapocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Our theme music was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. All additional music was written and performed by Morgan Clark. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions, promising to work hard on another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with a Breakfast Club close. Hey, is that real music? Can, can you believe that shit? <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Tichaba went on to become the Reverend Al Sharpton in part four. (laughs) After three days... 
Helen Hanna apparently rose again because they needed her not dead for the next movie. <laughs> Gary Busey realized he was in a movie the last day of shooting and chewed his way to freedom. <laughs> <laughs> Because he heard what my brother said about a big conspiracy. <laughs> You've been trying so hard. You've been trying so hard since the first line. <laughs> I was like, man, I, I wish this was my line after because there's no way. <laughs> oh, I want to put this on Facebook Live or something for you. Uh, you deserve to be here for this. <laughs> okay, here we go. This, I was just watching some footage of him. It's a little bit southern, so I can't forget the southern. And the teeth are in the way. I can't forget the teeth. I'm full of rainbows and sunshine. Rainbows and sunshine. <laughs> what? All right. You guys want to play Legos? <laughs> <laughs> Can we just hire him as the intern? <laughs> oh, man. How much we should hire cost? him to play Legos. How, whatever. He's the There's no way that we, we can't afford Gary Busey. There is no <laughs> possible way we can't afford Gary Busey. <laughs> Crazy hundred air money. I bought a, I bought a Metro card today. There's no way I can't afford <laughs> Gary Busey. <laughs> All right, we've got to stop this episode. He's going to die. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle in a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2016. All rights reserved.